I'm Cassidy. I'm Emma. And, and this, this is, is Ain't Doing Right. ADR is a phrase usually reserved for veterinary medicine, but certainly applicable to the world at large. This podcast consists of our opinions on articles and stories collected from the people of the internet, our inboxes, and our everyday lives. These people ain't doing right, and neither are we. are always so awkward. I don't know where I start the beginnings and, and the ends. We both are, but yeah. I always leave the beginnings and the ends because I think they're funny. And I think they oh. add, they are very representative of our character. Yeah. So I, I leave them. You can probably hear me moving around <laughs> on my couch now. God. All right, whatever. So we're recording three episodes in a day as we will for probably the end of time until the end, for the end of, until the end of time. Mm-hmm. So we don't probably have a lot of unfinished business and if there's feedback or anything from episode four, we won't know yet because it hasn't been released. Correct. So as far as unfinished business, we won't have a lot, but I just wanted to say that I love that we're doing this because it means that we have a mandatory obligation to hang out at least once a month. This is true. And like, if it's hard to make time, that kind of time. It is. Not hard, but like, it's just not a, like, it's not always a priority. It's like we have other things we need to do. We have significant others. We see each other at work a lot, so it's not as urgent. Like, if I didn't see you at work almost every day, I would probably have that feeling like, oh, I miss Cassidy. I need Mm -hmm. to see her more. But I see you all the time. But it's nice to be able to do this and, like, hang out outside of work and talk about things and laugh together. Yeah, because work isn't exactly quality of time. Not always. No, no, we're usually busy and doing stuff. Yeah, and there are some days where we're pretty much just parallel. Like, we don't even really interact all that much because Mm -hmm. it's busy, so. Correct. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about is that we've never really talked about our cover art <laughs> No, we haven't. So we have cover art for our podcast, obviously, and then we have a different cover art for our Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. And I did make them. Yes, Emma did a fantastic <laughs> job. Thank she you. made both of them. And I had someone the other day who's, like, listened to most of the episodes and just recently, most of the episodes, like, the two that, the two that were out at the time we discussed it. Uh-huh. And said that she just noticed Mia. Yeah. She just noticed Mia. Yeah. 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 So, I just had a vision and I went with it. Because we had picked a name. And that's obviously it's ain't doing right, and we it took us a long time to settle on it one. It did take us a long time to settle on. Yeah, because we didn't want something that was super obscure or weird, but we wanted something that would be representative of the content. Mm-hmm. And ain't doing right, I feel like, is representative of not only the content but yes. us. Yes, <laughs> and you know it pays homage to what we do for a living, also. So we settled on that, and then I kind of. Cassidy really likes space and I do too Mm. and so I was like oh I've got to do something with a space vibe and like my brain just kind of went to that creative realm that it lives in sometimes and and I just kind of took it and ran with it and I made like a not you wouldn't call it a prototype but I made like a draft or like a sample yeah of like what Mm. it would look like and it was like okay but the picture of moose wasn't like exactly what I wanted it to be and it was kind of janky looking so I really modified that and it came out to what we have now mm-hmm. as our pod cover art, and it is Mia as the man in the moon, <laughs> and Mia is Cassidy's yes, Mia favorite is my, cat. my favorite cat. She is my baby. Yeah. Um, 
And I, Emma was like, do you have any pictures of me? And I was like, oh boy, do I. <laughs> yeah. I have a, de- a dedicated folder to her yeah. on my phone. Um, because I think she's the cutest thing in the whole wide world. Yeah. Um, so I sent a bunch of pictures and Emma had a vision and she made it happen. My, really my only contribution was a little bit of feedback. Yeah. No. And that's what I need because I can't, like, you know, when you are a creative type of person and you look at something long enough, you either are missing things or you start to hate it. So Mm -hmm. definitely feedback was needed. And then I, too, have a lot of pictures of Moose. So Moose is the one holding the American flag on the moon. And he is my favorite dog because I have three dogs and one cat. And then Cassidy is exactly the opposite where she has three cats and one dog. Three cats and one dog, yep. So, and you know what? Anybody who says that they don't pick favorites, you're full of shit. Everybody has a favorite kid. Everybody has a favorite pet. Well, and Mia was, when I first decided to move out of my parents' house and find an apartment, I wasn't taking any of my animals with me mm-hmm. because, like, my dogs were accustomed to having, like, my parents live on a bunch of land, so mm-hmm. my, my dogs were just accustomed to my parents and all of that space, and I couldn't take them to an apartment. It would be terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I worked at a shelter, and I was in charge of intake, and I knew that I was going to be moving soon, and when I worked at the shelter, you pretty much could take any animal you want for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I really want a kitten. I'm not going to have time for a dog because I'm in school. I really just feel like I should have a kitten. The girl that I was going to move with, my future roommate, she had a cat that she was planning on bringing. Our apartment allowed two animals, and I was like, I want a kitten. And so it was hard for me to pick because I'm I sure. saw every animal that came through, like every animal. Well, and I'm sure you always want to pick like the sad ones too, but then you don't want something that's going to be a problem for the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. So she came in and I think she was about five weeks old. It was a guess. Like we were guessing. Someone found her under a house with her two siblings and I opened the box and she was hissing mm-hmm. and spitting and she was so angry. Which really she was just really scared but yeah. she was fluffed up and I was like she's it. She's the one. She's my That's kitty cat. Cute. And she ended up getting pain leukopenia. Watch. You know what? I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, it's like if you're not familiar with like pain leukopenia or parvo. Parvo is what puppies get, but it's just a really, really bad virus that can be pretty deadly. Yeah. And her sister broke with it first, being symptomatic. And I was like, of course, the kitten I just chose is sick. But she made it through. She wasn't my biggest fan because I'm the one that had to like force feed her and nurse her and give her fluids. So she did not like me very much. But as soon as she was able to go home, I asked my best friend if Mia could live with her until I moved and so my best friend Allison took care of Mia for like the first month I had her I didn't know that yep so Allison and I would just get little snapchats of Allison and her taking naps and Allison really needed a little furry friend at the time and Mia was the perfect fit the bill perfectly and then when we moved I took Mia with us and the rest is history yeah my other two cats were actually my former roommates cats and through a series of unfortunate events they are my cats. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. Sure, we're going to call it that. Um, they're my cats, but I do love them dearly as well. Yeah. But Mia was they're like... They're good kitties. She was my, my first... She was my chosen mm-hmm. my chosen child. She's adorable. She has a little pushing face. You yeah. can't probably really tell as much from the pictures, but she's really stinking cute. But all of your... You have really good pets. All of your pets mm-hmm. are good. Mine are like terrorists. Hey, they all have their issues. They Literally. all have issues. It's the problem. Mine do too. Yeah, you're right. But Moose... Really just Nova. She has enough issues to compensate yeah. for all of them, but... Yeah. 
And Moose, it's a similar story, but obviously different, um, in that he is a dog and his issues were a little bit different. So I moved out and I've always wanted a dog my entire life. I've never had one, not even a family dog. We always had cats and I had two cats when I moved out into my first apartment and I just, I always wanted a dog. My birthday was coming up. It was like a huge argument between myself and the person I was living with at the time, but I was like, I literally work at a vet clinic and an organic farm. There's no place that I go that this dog can't come with me. There's no reason why we don't have time for it. So I pushed and got the dog. My sister actually paid for most of his, um, I bought him. I'm not proud of it. I, I bought him from an irresponsible backyard breeder that had an oops litter of his two family cattle dog mixes. And I was dumb and young at the time and I didn't realize <laughs> what I was getting and the puppies were insane and I really wanted this one that was trying to rip my leggings off of my body sure. I didn't end up going home with that one we ended up picking moose mostly because of his looks which is He's the worst boy. reason to pick a dog I was so stupid but we ended up with him by the next day he had bitten me and meant it and drawn blood and I had obviously a lot of concerns that my 10 week old puppy bit me after a day and meant it. And we went on a really long journey that involved a lot of money being invested in training, a lot of my time being invested in it, a lot of trying to build our relationship, a lot of setbacks. And I really resented him at first because I was like, this is, I wanted a dog my whole life and I got a lemon, which is funny because I don't have a whole lot of puppy pictures of him because of that. But probably after the first month, we really started to get into a groove and, you know, develop a relationship and, you know, his confidence really lies within me. Um, but he is a very loving dog. Mm -hmm. He doesn't love everybody, but the people he loves, he loves. And he's just my heart and soul. And we've been through so much together. All of my like really big life changes, he's been there for me. And he's been in there in times where I really didn't have anybody else. He was there when I moved here. And we just, you know, I would go places like I didn't have any friends. And so I'd bring Moose. And so he's really been a comfort for me as much as I have been for him. And so that that's... Yeah. Uh, so we're both obsessed with our animals. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. And we're obs we love all of our animals. Yeah, I but love there's all just of my ones animals. that always just... get into your heart a little bit differently. Yeah. And she's my heart cat. Yeah. That's your heart dog. That's what they're yeah, that's generally it. referred to as. And we'll never have ones that you know, yeah. we just are better off not comparing because we'll never have anyone else that fills those shoes for us. No. And that's okay because we'll both always have pets probably. Yeah. But um Sorry to my other two dogs. I love you guys, too. <laughs> and my cat. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves knows they're a little just, pigeon. But. They're just special. Yeah. So, that's that. That's, but that's yeah, So, we um, have really kind of <laughs> uh, circulated the the image of our podcast around them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, Mia's face is in the moon, obviously, as we said. Yeah. And then on our... The Spotify cover art is... If anybody's familiar with the movie Step Brothers, yep. that's like the portrait they take together. Yeah. Um, Emma did some Photoshop to put their heads on it. <laughs> yeah, so and... me and Moose are stepbrothers. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And they've actually never met in real life. <laughs> no, no. They probably never will. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Unlikely. Unless, unless you like watched Moose for me mm -hmm. at your house or like I house sat for you yeah. but or something. Yeah, would be angry. Yeah. <laughs> she would, she would, but most of probably wouldn't fool with her. Yeah. Well, Nova doesn't fool with her much, and Mia will just, like, bap her. Nova <laughs> will just be walking by, and Mia will just, just slap her for no good okay. reason. 
Yeah, I don't know if Moose would like that. <laughs> but, I mean, Pigeon Babson, but they play together, so yeah. he would probably be triggered to no, play No, like, when her. I first got Nova, because I had the cats for quite a while before I got Nova. Yeah. Then I got Nova, and Mia was so angry. Yeah. I have videos of her just, like, death staring. Yeah. And she would avoid Nova at all costs. Yeah. And um, one day, Mia was just like, all right, done with this, and she laid in the middle of the living room and was like, come at me, bro. And <laughs> Nova was like, I don't really care, but okay. And they've just gotten used to each other. All my cats and Nova have just gotten used to each other. When and I got Moose, those the two cats I had at the time hated him. Mm-hmm. Because he was a puppy. He was a cattle dog puppy. Yeah. And there's very few things in this world that are more feral than a cattle dog puppy. I mean, they're a lot to take on. They have so many instincts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, without... And I did some research, but without fully knowing what I was getting into, he's also has some genetic issues because he's inbred. So now he's like epileptic, which could or could not be related to it Mm -hmm. or whatever. I didn't know he was inbred when I got him. Found out when I called the guy I got him from with some issues, uh, some concerns I had. But he would chase, you know, I had to develop like a cat super highway, like a real cat lady where my cats could get like up and around the walls basically on shelves like around the apartment without having to be near moose and they had like a whole room that was gated off that he couldn't get in and he would just stand there on his back two feet like a little lemur staring over the baby gate at the cat so the cats would like hiss at him I was like oh my god so I ended up when I moved I ended up taking moose and the person I was living with has the cats because they're just they're gonna be happier that way but I digress and I feel like we've talked about that enough but yeah we really love our our pets and we really love our cover art so mm-hmm. that's the backstory yeah, on very that proud of it. for those who don't know yeah uh so peculiar news mm-hmm. so i took miss terry's feedback and i highlighted my article so i'm not actually gonna read the whole thing mm-hmm. it's just the pretty much the bulk of like what's actually important to this article so the title is bob Bourne, who brought marshmallow peeps to the masses dies at 98 Bob Bourne, a Pennsylvania confectioner who brought the marshmallow candies known as Peeps to Easter Bastics nationwide, died on January 29th at his home in Conshohock in Pennsylvania. He was 98. His son, Ross, who succeeded him uh, at the helm of just Bourne Quality Confections, confirmed the death. Mr. Bourne's company produces a variety of candies, but Peeps are by far the most recognized and it's best loved. The company makes more than 5.5 million Peeps a day, or close to 2 billion a year, the vast majority of which sell in the months leading up to Easter. Most Peeps get eaten. Some people like to gobble them fresh from the package. Others let them age for a few days. Some use them in s'mores. Others put them on pizza. No. A few intrepid souls infuse them into vodka. Still, others do not eat them at all. One company survey found that 30% of people put them in places other than their mouths. Okay. (laughs) They use them as floral centerpieces, chess pieces, and jewelry. They weave them into clothing and wreaths. Peeps bring out a particular cruelty in some. They stick them in the microwave to watch them expand and explode. They put them in vacuum tanks and watch them shrink, or in beakers of chemicals to watch all but their beady, carinuba wax eyes dissolve. None of it would have been possible without Mr. Bourne. Around 1953, early in his career at Just Bourne, the yellow chicks known as Peeps were just a seasonal side product, a legacy holdover from a small confectioner that Just Bourne bought for its jelly bean technology. Still, he was astounded by how much effort went into making them. It took 27 hours from batch to packaging, with much of the work done by hand. He decided to change that, and his co-workers were skeptical. It took him and another engineer nine months 
to design and build a new machine. They studied the movements of the men who filled the marshmallow tubs and of the women who squeezed the pastry tubes. There was a lot of trial and error. We made so many samples. At first, some of them coming down the line looked like seals. So we had to try again. Mr. Bourne eventually got the process down to six minutes, and soon the company was churning them out. The company was unprepared for the candy's subsequent elevation into the pop culture pantheon, but it quickly embraced its good fortune, sponsoring diorama and recipe contests and even fitting a pair of old school buses with giant fiberglass peats to tour the country. By the 1990s, Mr. Bourne had retired and moved away, but he returned to the company's headquarters in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania from time to time to join in the city's many peep-centered celebrations, including Peeps Fest, which culminates with the dropping of a giant peep on New Year's Eve. In 2019, the city declared February 15th Bob Bourne Day. As bemused as he was by the success of his most famous confection, Mr. Bourne always made time to celebrate it, including as a frequent judge at diorama contests. I get a big charge out of seeing them every year. Did I have an idea peeps could become art? That's a question for a philosopher, not for me. Who knew? I know. And there's a lot that I cut out. Like, there's, um... It was a really, actually, very long mm-hmm. article for the New York Times, and I had originally found a shorter article on Ebaum's World, but it just wasn't good. So I found this article, and I just kind of picked and choose what I wanted to read, which it didn't seem like I did, but there was so much more content. So the article talks about his dad, who originally founded the company. It talks about his nephew and his son, who took it over after he died. Um, and it talks about other family members, his wife, other accomplishments. He was actually, he was an engineer. Hmm. And when he was in college, his dad still was in charge of the company, and he wanted to be a doctor he didn't even want to join the family company so I think it's just really interesting and it's a shame that he's passed away but his legacy I feel will live on forever he's 98 (laughs) that's pretty long yeah that's a good long life who knew there was so much that went into making them I know I thought honestly it was always probably just like a conveyor belt like exactly like they're just squeeze them out and move on but um I don't like peeps Oh yeah. See, I was gonna ask you if you if you eat them stale or I fresh, but them. you don't eat them at all. I don't. If I do, like I use, I like. I just don't like the texture of marshmallows very much. Yeah, it makes sense. Something about the texture, I'm not a fan of. Um, but I will put them in the microwave and watch them blow up, and then it kind of makes them like crispy and gooey. Mm-hmm. And I will eat them like that. So you eat like a toasted marshmallow. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. They get kind of, like, because if they, they just turn into a completely different texture. Almost more meringue-like. Okay. Depending on how long you microwave them um, and how long you let them sit. Interesting. Um, I've microwaved them before, but just but to wash it. But the peeps, the sugar sometimes oh. will burn. Yes. Um, so, overall, I'm just not a fan. But I will say, I was going to try and work this in, so this is a obvious place to do it. Have you seen the peep Pepsi? No. Yep, there's Peep Pepsi. It's Ew. Pepsi Cross. Uh, when we went to the grocery Cross. store. Cross. Yeah, it's together. It's oh, a it's drink. Oh, pe- it's, it's a drink, drink or is it a Peep? It's, it's a, a drink, drink. Okay. that's Peep flavored, marshmallow flavored no. Pepsi. No. Um, and they had it at the grocery store and they had like a case of like 12 cans. And Stephen was like, you want to get it? And I was like, I want to try it. I don't want 12 cans of it. So we found a bottle of it. It's probably like a cream soda kind of flavor, it, I would imagine. It, honestly, like I wouldn't. I, we did get one. We got a yeah. bottle of it and we tasted it. And I wouldn't I have identified it as peep yeah. had I not known it. But it is like 
creamy, like vanilla. It's like a creamy vanilla okay. soda. It's not bad. Yeah. Stephen wasn't sound a bad. huge fan, but he doesn't like cream soda. And I like root beer okay, and I like cream soda. And it is kind of like a vanilla, like a sweet vanilla cream soda. The beverage guy didn't like the beverage. He didn't like that beverage. Yeah. We also fair. got a Mountain Dew Uproar, which is a very Kiwi Mountain Dew. Uh, it was fine. I wasn't, like, overwhelmed by it, and I like kiwi-flavored things. I feel like all of those are similar, though. All they, of the yeah. Mountain Dew. We've like... tried, like, we tried a lot of the different ones, because they have, what, like, Voodoo as mm-hmm. well? Pretty whatever, yeah. you know? Not I feel like there's only a few that taste different, and that's Code Red, Baja Blast, yeah, and that's really all I can say that actually, right. and, like, there's, you know... Standard Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. Those three all taste pretty different. Like, okay. I could, if you put them in front of me and I couldn't see them, I was yeah. blindfolded, I could tell you which one was which. But yeah, but like, Voltage, Uproar, yeah. Voodoo, all these random ones they make? No. Who cares? Exactly. They all taste similar. I think it's really funny that you had this yeah, plan to really, work it out. Yeah, We're like, almost always on the same wavelength. That's so I funny. Know. So, it makes sense. But he, he, he has started a whole thing. I mean, he's, like, yes. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, being the inventor of something that has become so iconic in culture absolutely not but we will one day because that'll be our podcast is that, is that what it's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be no. that's what's gonna do it for us i'm really sad that i didn't realize i guess i knew because now that i'm thinking of it i'm like i knew that they were produced originally in pennsylvania i didn't know it was such a big thing and i'm kind of sad like now that i live in the south i'm like oh all these missed opportunities i had while i was like a stupid teenager like there's never anything to do well i could have been going to peeps fest you could have been you know all of these things i find out after i move i'm like why did everybody hate me and they just didn't tell me about well, stuff we like can this. still go to the woolly worm festival yeah we can still go to the woolly worm festival let me close out this peeps conversation by saying that I eat my peeps fresh, and they're disgusting stale, and I will throw them out if they're stale. If you can't eat them all in one sitting, or at least the next day, they're going in the trash. Now, about the Woolly Worm Festival. We will be going to the I Woolly Worm Festival. I want to go Festival. to the Woolly Worm Festival. We missed out last year. It's going to be in October. It's in October, isn't it? I'm pretty it? sure it's October, yeah. It's a whole festival. September or October. Yeah. It's a whole festival surrounded around literally Woolly Worms, these little caterpillars, and they have races, and they have contests, and people breed them and bring them with them, yeah. and... I almost had one out in the pile of yeah, you said bricks, that. Yeah. and then it was gone the next time I looked for it. Let's so. keep our eyes open for our, a strong woolly worm. I know, yeah, our chance, we could have really... Them. They race them yeah. on a little thread. They have little woolly worm races. Yeah, so. All kinds of stuff. It's a whole fest. One day. It's not that far from here. I'll be getting a woolly worm. Um, mine is, it's kind of short, so I'll just read the whole thing. Um, there's multiple articles I found written about this, but some of them got like crazy long and really in depth. This one was shorter and it's was on Ripley's Believe It or Not's website. This was from like last week or so. Mm-hmm. And the title is A Company Plans to Resurrect Dodo Birds. That's really? Scary. Yes. 30 years ago, Jurassic Park hit theaters in a big way, leaving audience members gobsmacked by some of the most lifelike <laughs> dinosaur gobsmacked. Yeah. Yes. Gobsmacked. The most lifelike dinosaur images ever to hit the silver screen. Equally compelling were concepts like science, run amok, and profound questions about ethics. And who can forget about Ian Malcolm's foreshadowing line, Life Finds a Way. Of course, life didn't find a way without a colossal boost from science, making the film a cautionary tale about science unbound, like Prometheus and Frankenstein's monster. Despite all the examples of what too much dabbling can do, however, a science company named Colossal Biosciences has ambitious plans to resurrect the long-extinct dodo bird and maybe even the woolly mammoth. 
Here's everything you need to know about the science of resurrecting extinct animals and why some scientists say it's time to stop playing God. Yeah, this is crazy. <sighs> yeah. Humans have long entertained some wild ideas and the best individuals like Michael Crit Critton? I don't know who that is, have written about them, raking in millions. Among the strangest fantasies in recent years has been the resurrection of various species long extinct. While most individuals naturally veer away from the big boys like dinosaurs, there has, has been an increasing interest in cloning things like dodo birds, woolly mammoths, and even the Tasmanian tiger. Is I've never heard of a Tasmanian tiger. It's one of the extinct uh, species. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, obviously. Um, but I've seen pictures of them. Like, it's okay. gone extinct. I don't remember within, like, the last ever how long. But mm. there is pictures of them. Okay. Like, actual pictures. Is bringing back an animal that hasn't been seen on planet Earth for hundreds or thousands of years advisable? It's hard to say, but the allure remains. Moreover, Colossal Biosciences CEO Ben Lamb argues that it's only fitting to give dodo birds a second chance since they vanished at the hands of humans in the first place. According to history, the last of these large flightless birds died in 1681 on the island of Meritus in the Indian Ocean. How do people know that? I have no idea. Because they're smarter than we are. 1681. So how does colossal biosciences fit into the mix? The genetic engineering and biotechnology startup is compiling blueprints to bring ancient animals back to life. In fact, they claim they've already completed a full sequencing of the dodo's genome based on dodo remains uncovered in northern Europe. George Church of Harvard Medical School and Ben Lamb, a tech entrepreneur, founded the company to pursue these outlandish projects and more. But not everyone agrees this is a good investment of time, especially amidst a modern-day extinction crisis. Yeah, who's funding this? Julian Hume of London's Natural History Museum argues there's so many things that desperately need our help and money. Why would you even bother trying to save something long gone when there's so many things that are desperate right now? That may be some serious food for thought, but it hasn't stopped investors from dropping hundreds of millions of dollars into the project, kind of like Jurassic Park. So I read somewhere else that they've raised like $150 million for this so far. Oh my god. Like on, like... You know what that could do, like, for, like, feeding the homeless? Exactly. But they're trying to... Anything else, really? The school systems? Bring back dodo birds. (laughs) And I don't... I think it's cool. I don't think it's a good use of $150 million, but I also wouldn't buy Steve Jobs' tired-ass Birkenstocks. For $218,000. You're right. I guess I'm just frugal. I'm just like, what... Besides, like, the, um... Like, the bragging rights. Yeah. And, like, the accomplishment. Like, what else do we truly benefit from bringing back a species that doesn't bring you things at the table. It's <laughs> correct. And it's also a gateway for something terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I mean, they've already, like, replicated and, like, cloned, like, sheep and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's off of Cloning a, is different. Yes. This is bringing back, like, they have pictures um, of just, like, the bones of a dodo skeleton. I wonder if this guy had somebody in his life die. Maybe. And and he wants to learn how to do this, prove that he can, and now he's going to start bringing back people. And I don't know if you've ever seen Reanimator. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a series of three, and it is, the third one's wild. The first and second are good. It's, so basically it's like reanimating the, the dead, you know? In the second one, it's called Bride of Reanimator. He brings back his fiance, I don't think it was his wife, his fiance, and she is not the same. She is crazy. She ends up ripping her own heart out of her chest. That's where this tattoo came from. It's an insane whole thing. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Correct. 
Now that's bringing back someone specific, but well, what, mean, what are these dodo birds specific do? dodo? I don't know. And they won't be able to mate because they'll have all the same exact DNA, yeah. right? Well, true. I guess You're, if you have true. multiple different samples, you could, but I don't know. It seems like a terrible idea and not where $150 million should be funneled. But I like agree. wild times we're living in. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. I am more interested in the Tasmanian tiger now. And I looked it up. Uh, yeah. While you're talking, I was still listening. And so we look, it looks kind of like a striped dingo a little bit. A little bit. I'm wondering if it is, like, a canine or a feline. Like, it looks like a hybrid <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, it does. And almost the back of it kind of gives me a little bit of, like, either raccoon or badger. Like, the way mm-hmm. it's got, like, the badly bred uh, German, German shepherd hips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, uh, what do you call that? So, like, it's got, like, a roached back. And, yeah, I don't like it. Um... Like, you're taking a bring, I don't know. Because, like, you're bringing it back, but you know nothing about it. And you, just because you've made their physical body be a thing, like, you don't know, how's their brain? What's their psyche going to be like? It's going to be a horror movie is what it's, it's going to be. be. The, the birds part two. Also, woolly mammoths, why would you bring back something that large? I don't know. I don't even understand the process. Wait, so, how big are they? I don't know. Woolly mammoths. Dodo birds? Oh, woolly mammoth. Yeah, because they're yeah. Wo- things like dodo birds, woolly mammoths, and even the Tasmanian tiger. Like, I don't know. We have no concept of how big these creatures are. They're big. Yeah, it says large flightless bird. Are we talking like... No, I mean the woolly mammoths. Well, yes, woolly mammoths are big. Also, the dodo birds, it says large flightless bird. How big? At least they're flightless. At least they're flightless, but so are ostriches, and they're scary as crap. Yeah, they can run really yeah. fast, though. Oh, I don't think a dodo bird can run that no, fast. No, I'm like, I wonder if they're actually as stupid as history has portrayed them to be. Probably. It says they went extinct in, extinct at the hand of humans. So what did we do to make them extinct? We've made many a thing extinct just yeah. by existing. I want to know where they're putting these woolly mammoths. Because when they saying? escape, it's going to be scary. Because they're bigger than elephants, aren't they? I'm pretty sure, yes. I'm pretty sure they're bigger than Are they things. aggressive? Woolly mammoths? Yeah. I don't know. They I look know like they they're... would be. Also, Tasmanian tigers, it says they're carnivores, and it says that they're also known as marsupial wolves. I didn't realize they were marsupials. That's kind of cool. And it says that they're not related to dogs any more than they are to any other placental animal, so that's interesting. Yeah, so this, yeah. Wow, it says good. that it is. It, it says that. They be, dodo birds became extinct because of deforestation, hunting, and destruction of their nests by animals brought to the island by the Dutch who discovered them. That's really sad. Yeah. So, basically what I'm hearing is that they probably weren't meant to survive. No. But human intervention expedited that process. And apparently, more on the Tasmanian tiger, it's more cat than dog, they more say. Than dog. But I'm like, what does that mean? Is it, which is it? Anyway. They're cute. I'd have one. The Tasmanian tigers? Probably. But I would have an African wild dog. Okay, well, that's fair. So, you know, I'm not not really a good gauge of that. I have, basically, I have a dingo already. Yeah. (laughs) What are you looking up? How much bigger are woolly mammoths than elephants? (laughs) I want to know now. It's got to be huge. I've looked, have you ever looked up the difference between, like, the megalodon and a great white, like, it shows you all these different sized sea creatures, and I'm like, holy hell, that thing was huge. 
Um, so the woolly mammoths are roughly the same size as the modern African elephant. Elephant. Based on like the pictures I'm seeing, they may be a little bit larger, but not significantly. So. Okay, so that's not as scary as I thought. But still, why would you create something completely unpredictable the size of an elephant? Because they have 150 million dollars of investors' money Just to burn. I guess. <laughs> Must be nice. Can I just have a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Just, just give me a hundred K. You won't even notice it's yeah, gone. Yeah, you won't even notice. <laughs> the drop in the bucket. We've gone on a tangent. We have. We need a tangent button. Rain it back in. Dr. Smith, make us a tangent button. Okay, so now, internet mishaps. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. And I told you about this briefly, but I didn't read any because I don't want to ruin it, but I'm really excited for my internet uh, mishaps. Do you want mishaps. me to go first so that we can tangent on yours? Does it really matter? Is yours short? Mine's shorter. Okay, yeah. A short one. Yeah. Fine. Um, (laughs) So, mine is a security duck system. Uh, This is a post that I believe was on Craigslist, where all posts are. It's a picture of two ducks, and it just says, My house hasn't been broken into since I got ducks. That's all I'm saying. I need to part with a few. It's just selfish to hoard ducks. I have 27 ducks of three varieties, Peking, Roan, Runner, and any genetic combination you can imagine with those three. They are all well-fed and healthy. I mostly have drakes, which are males. I have only four that have a no-trade clause. If you have a pond or want to experience the security of knowing ducks are patrolling your yard while you sleep peacefully, reply and I'll hook you up with up to ten guard ducks. I... Would be contacting that gentleman. For some guard ducks. I would, if we had a pond. Ducks, like, you know the chicken poop situation around here. Yeah. So I have many chickens, and yeah. they love to hang out under my carport, especially when it rains. So Matt is constantly pressure washing it. And right now, it's been so windy that the carpet has, like, blown everywhere off the carport, and it's just chicken poop everywhere, and I can't stand that. Ducks are worse. Yeah, ducks are worse. Ducks and geese are worse. We will have a goose, and it will be a guard goose, because ducks and geese are known for being really good guardians. Geese more so, because geese are typically mean to people that aren't their people. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to have a lot of people over when I first get the goose, because I don't want it to be friendly to everyone, but I don't want it to attack my friends either. Otherwise, I'm going to have to, like, what yeah, am I going to do with this duck? and for such a small creature, goose. they can be pretty intimidating, which I guess they aren't small, but... Well, and it hurts when they bite. Yeah. It hurts when they bite, and they can fly. <laughs> so it can be very scary. I am have a little bit of a fear of birds, actually. Not so much, like, I love chickens. They're pretty much flightless, you know, and I like ducks and I like geese, but... Geese can be very aggressive, yeah. and they can fly, and that's what makes them scary because they, I'm like, all I imagine when I see a bird like flying at my head is like yeah. it's gonna pluck out my eyeball. And yeah. so one of my former coworkers and his wife is actually has been listening to our podcast. So shout out to Melissa and Adam. He was terrified of birds. When I worked with him, he would get freaked out when there was birds flying around. He said, "I quote, the tinier, the scarier." Really? Yes. He felt the tinier the bird. The scarier the bird. You just felt they were really, they just didn't like birds. They okay. freaked out by birds. I mean, that's understandable, I don't know if but... that's changed. You guys can let me know, but when I worked with him, he hated himself some birds. Email us at the podcast at gmail.com about your bird phobia. I wouldn't say that the smaller the scarier. It's for me, it's the bigger the scarier because there are some birds that people own in their home, like African gray parrots that can bite your freaking finger off. Well, yeah, because I've worked 
I've worked with birds. Oh, I know. <sighs> I have two. Birds. Only a few because and I'm like, I'm not comfortable with this. They're fragile. Like, they're pretty delicate. Yeah. So you can't mandle, manhandle them. But if you do not have good restraint on them. They'll bite the shit out of you. They'll bite the crap out of yeah. you. Yeah. And I have been bitten by one of them. He didn't get me real good. But they're so, they're just so squirmy. And they their are. heads turn so much. And they're so easy to injure. They're so easy to injure. So, like, I can't, like, really, really hold them. I just have to be strategic on how you hold them. Yeah. But And towels. Fast. You need a towel. They are fast. They're fast. And they're, they're, um, they have no shame. They're not, no. they don't they're care. They're not apologetic. And they usually only like their they're owner. They're one person, correct. Matt grew up with a parrot that was, I guess, like, they inherited Son of a bitch. Okay, I'm an idiot, and I realized that the microphone was unplugged again because I was trying to figure out where we were, and I haven't figured out how to change the output on GarageBand because I'm so not tech-savvy, and I'm dumb. So sorry if the last, I don't know, 20 minutes have sounded stupid because it was my MacBook recording it, and I wonder how far away we sound now. And I'm not even going to listen to it because we're not redoing it because the whole vibe is going to be... Yeah, it'll be ruined. It'll be ruined. So here we are, and I hope you can hear us. God! Hopefully we'll be fine now. I don't think it was too, too long. I, I have to listen to it. I'm sorry. I have to find out because, yeah, it sounded like we were underwater. I'm sorry. God! Anyway, whatever. It was good conversation. We're fine. It was good. We're just going to leave it. Yeah. As we've learned, uh, the vibe will be ruined if we have to re-record content that we just, like, freeformed. Yeah, I'm not wasting a whole episode of great content. Sorry about it. Yeah. So, back to the birds. (laughs) Matt, yeah, Matt grew up with a parrot that, like, hated his mom. And that was, like, a whole thing. But it saved their house from being robbed because I guess, like, it, like, the, I think, they still get robbed, but, like, the people left because they heard the parrot talking. I can't remember what his name was. Matt's gonna be so upset. Anyway, they heard the parrot talking, and I guess they thought it was someone, and they left, so. Well, dang. I saw, we just saw a video somewhere of a parrot crying like a baby, and it sounded no, exactly like a baby. terrifying. It's creepy. Now, when Savannah, shout out to Savannah, I know she listens, she, when she worked at the clinic, she did a lot of the exotic stuff and she had an eclectus one time she came back with it and uh he was on her shoulder and he hopped off her shoulder and was walking across the floor to me and he came over and he was like right next to my foot and she was like oh yeah if you stand there like he'll climb up you and i'm like i don't want him to climb up me and she was being fun of me for that for forever they're just unpredictable sometimes they are and they're scary and they can bite your finger off and they can rip out your eyeballs and i am not about it I'm more of a flightless bird gal. Yeah, and, like, I grew up with a cockatiel. I had a cockatiel. His name was Buddy. And yeah. he talked a little bit. He pretty much just said hello. And I'm sure we did tons of things wrong, because since having learned how to properly take care of birds yeah. and stuff, I we did a bad job. But he was a cool guy for the most part, but he would bite me sometimes, and it didn't feel good. No. Not a fan of that particular. Mm-hmm. To each their own, birds are not the pet for me. Same. And I don't feel like dodo birds need to come back. (laughs) I guess I'm done with that. I don't know. uh, I'm just going to go back into a tangent. I forgot where we were. We were talking about security duck system. Yeah, we were. (laughs) Come full circle too early. (laughs) Um, I would call that guy if I had a pond. For sure. I really like ducks. I think we're done though with that. So this episode has proved to be a very long episode. And so we're going to... Stop here and 
this will be part one, and our next episode release will be part two. Part two. Yeah. So, so just a continuation, so that you guys don't have to sit and listen to uh, an hour and forty minutes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Toodaloo. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.